When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd. Jen Wallace with you and joining us now from the Inner Sanctum, Jasper Chelapar is back with the Overnight Crowd. Jasper, great to have you on board again this evening. Hey, Jen. So lovely to join you tonight. Now, when we chat, we chat AFL and I'm trying to get the excitement up there across the night because we sort of had the lull with the the pre-finals by and we got to focus on AFLW, which was great. And obviously I get excited by as well. But I mean, I think we need to, it's Tuesday into Wednesday, some time spent on previewing these finals coming up because, yeah, they deserve it. It's finals fever time. What's it like in Melbourne town? Is it people getting excited? Yeah, well, firstly, the dub first round was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, but it has been a, a lull that's absolutely put by you, Jen. And going into it, I think having a week off and, you know, it's effectively two weeks because... It's it's a fortnight between footy. It is a it is a bit flat, um, especially in Melbourne where we've been so hyped having twenty three straight weeks of footy here after a couple of years out of it. Um, effectively, uh, it's been a bit disappointing. But the 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 atmosphere is building now. You see some different stores have their colours out um, on full display, and there's a few scarves already going around the CBD and whatnot. So. I think it's it's getting into full swing slowly, and I think by tomorrow night and then Thursday it will be in full swing, considering Richmond plays on the Thursday night up at the Gabba. So it's going to be an interesting feel, isn't it? This, let's start there then. Finals week one, we've got the Lions hosting Richmond Tigers. It's a Thursday game. We know these ones are built for broadcast in a sense, so Melbourne, I can imagine the pubs are going to be full People are going to be getting around their TVs in the living room, while at the Gabba we hope they're packing it out completely. How do you see this game going? And, of course, there's also some injury news, I suppose, in regards to the Lions, at least, and potentially Dustin Martin as well for the, for the Tigers. Yeah, well, the the suspension for Camarina got upheld, so he's going to miss this week, obviously, Jen. And, and then the Marcus Adams concussion has been an interesting one to follow along, as well as Brendan Archie. Um, obviously, him after his uh, Paddy Cripps hit, where he got off after that um, week-long kind of ride with the with the suspension and the and the tribunals and the all that kind of stuff going on a couple of weeks ago. But Brendan Archie still hasn't um, got the, the all clear three weeks after that um, incident. And Marcus Adams as well has effectively been ruled out of the finals campaign with some delayed concussion symptoms that has caused him to be to have some blurry vision, some headaches um, when he goes outside, that kind of stuff. So that's really worrying for him. And he was obviously a vital ingredient of their success over the last couple of years. Him and alongside Harris Andrews are their pillars down back. So now Harris Andrews is going to do do a lot of the, the heavy lifting against guys like Tom Lynch um, on Thursday night. I think 
the buy has been fantastic for Brisbane just to reset a little bit. It's it's now two weeks since that huge loss to Melbourne in round 23 where they had some top four um, available for them if they won, but they just lost by $10 and they did not give it a sniff at all the entire time. So it, it's given them a chance to reset, fortunately. Um, and they're probably the big winners of having the buy round. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a really tough slog for them going up against the Richmond side that everyone knows is, is built for finals and, and will be really liking their chances after a good run into the finals campaign, Jen. It's one that's going to hold our attention, no doubt, across the Thursday. The last time these two teams met, it was at the MCG in round 20 and Richmond it was that came away the winners by seven. Yeah, exactly right. And Richmond hasn't lost since. Um, since round 20. So they, they rattled off four in a row after that draw to Fremantle and then the, the surprise loss to North Melbourne the week before that. Um, but their dare, their pressure, their territory game is, is built for finals, as I said, and it's going to be really tough for Brisbane to stop that onslaught, considering they haven't been able to stem the run of goals when it's happened. Against Melbourne in round 23, they rattled off six or seven goals in a row to start the game. Even against St Kilda and Carlton, two games that Brisbane won, they, they had patches in the game where they were completely outmatched and St Kilda probably should have beat them in the end. I know Max King's goal kicking was a contentious issue in that one. And then Carlton also had two really good runs in their game up at the Gabba. Uh, I think this is a just it's going to be a really tough one for Brisbane to win if, if Richmond's at their best. But at their best, I think Brisbane's the better side all up. And, and they've been a perennial top four team for the last few years for a reason. They haven't performed in finals, that's true. But at their best, I think they do win this one. I'm just a bit worried about them actually finding it considering their poor run of form. So Dane Zorko will obviously be a little bit under scrutiny as we watch how he responds as a leader for the team. I expect that he'll probably channel that into uh, some pretty inspiring football, I, I can imagine. Whereas for for Richmond, I suppose, we, we wonder, will their forward line fire? Uh, will Shea Bolton, for example get his radar on, and if he does, that's going to be hard to stop for the Lions. Yeah, and obviously Shea's currently going through some personal leave, or he did um, yesterday from the club, considering his wife is overdue um, to give birth. So that's a little bit worrying for him. I'm not sure um, what the situation is right there. But, you know, with a with forward line expecting to welcome back Dusty, to have Tom Lynch back to full fitness, I know that was that groin scare in round 23, Plus Shea Bolton, Jack Rewalt, guys who have done it before in the past and are premiership players. You shouldn't be too worried about their forward line clicking on all cylinders. I don't think there's much chemistry lost between that group. And when you bring back a guy like Dustin Martin, who just needs to get through training tomorrow to, to play, um, you'd be pretty confident going to this one if you're Damien Hardwick. Yeah, it's a big in if he does come through. So for the winner, they will head through and play the loser of the Melbourne-Sydney Swans game, whereas the loser, it's season 2022, all finished. Do you have a prediction for this game, Lions or Tigers? Yeah, so at their best, as I said, I think Brisbane actually win it. Um, so I'll back them in, despite my better judgment, potentially, and despite possibly the heavy favour towards the Tigers from the general public. I think I'll, I'll go with the Lions by a goal after leading by four or five goals in the last quarter. <laughs> All right, I like it. Let's move on to the Friday night game. Melbourne taking on the Sydney Swans at the MCG. Another game to get very much excited about. Two powerhouses across the back end of the season. Well, the whole season, really, and a bit of recent history as well. How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, so just based on you know footy alone, I think this is probably the game of the round for mine in terms of the spectacle. Um, 
you know, Melbourne against Brisbane in round 23 was the days of old. And, and it's not that long ago where they won 10, 11, 12 in a row this season. And um, you know, obviously that finals campaign in 2021, that was absolutely unbelievable. So there's no reason they can't return to that level in September as they have done in the past. Uh, I tipped Sydney to make the top four this year, which I was pretty happy about, Jen, and to be contenders. They're right in that mix. I love their their speed and their dare that they've added over the last few years to that to that kind of gritty blood culture that we've come to expect of them over the last decade or so. I think guys like Chad Warner and Blakey and, and Errol Goulden and, and McInerney are all really integral outside players for them right now. And what, what they need to do, and it's going to fall on um, at the feet of these young guys, is they need to link up with handball through the through the middle to actually work through the first layer of the Melbourne defence and, and get it past May and Lever, who are the best intercepting players in the league. If you can kind of nullify their influence, and that, that'll go a long way to actually winning this game. And I give Sydney a red-hot chance um, on Friday night if they can execute. And what about in the midfield battle? If you're looking at, you know, Gorn and his connection with Oliver and Petrarca, for example, um, Langdon owning owning one side of the wing for 100% of the game time type <laughs> opportunity. How do you see these two sides in the mids lining up? Well, I love the, the matchup. Considering Melbourne has those tough nuts in Luke Parker and Callum Mills, I know Chad Warner spends a lot a lot of time in there as well. Um, James Rowbottom flies under the radar as that inside midfielder. I actually really like that matchup for the Swans going to guys like Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca, who like to get a little bit of space and, and to flick handballs around and to then get it forward out um, out of the congestion. Whereas when you when you're playing a team like Sydney who tackles so well and really nullifies nullifies the influence of those inside midfielders, um, I really like that kind of matchup for Sydney. I know they're going up against the best midfield in the competition, um, but uh, it's it's probably not their area of concern. Funnily enough, for for Sydney right now, I, I think it's probably the the half back line for Melbourne that they really need to nullify the influence of, namely Stephen May and Jake Lever. Yeah, good point. Now. Uh, who, where do you see this one going with the prediction? Well, I think uh, I'll stick with the Ds. I really like the Swans this finals campaign, and I think they do win one or two games at some point. But I'll, I'm going to go with the Ds by about three goals. I think they'll just be too strong with the with the MCC rocking on Friday night. Do you, can you see this being like a fast start for either team? I think I, I read something earlier that Melbourne. Um, when they're in this sort of form, it's all about the fast start, whereas Sydney almost all about the the big race home. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't um, I haven't seen that one, Jen, but uh, I fully expect them both to come out of the gates really well. I, yeah. I think with the the bye week, what you'll see is possibly the skills not up to standard with the pressure being so high. But regardless, you know, with the intensity of the game, both sides will be up for the fight straight away. All right. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break before we get to the next two games to remain in finals week one. So Jasper's going Melbourne by three against Sydney. And when we return, let's get back into the chat and have a look at Geelong versus Collingwood. And of course, Fremantle taking on the Western Bulldogs. Finals fever is upon us. Back soon with Jasper Chelapa of the Inner Sanctum here on the Overnight Crowd. (music) 
Jasper Chelapa is still with us here on the Overnight Crowd. We're having a good look at finals week one. We've gone through the Thursday and Friday night games. We'd love to hear your predictions for those. Remember, that is part of our winner and margin for this week on the Overnight Crowd, doing both games here. So send them through on 0433 98 11 16. Your texts predicting Brisbane or Richmond and the margin, and of course, Melbourne or Sydney and the margin. So let's continue with Jasper. Now, Jasper, let's have a look at the Saturday game, starting, of course, with the Geelong Cats versus Collingwood. Been heaps of chat, of course, around the fact the game's at the MCG. We know it can't be down at Cardinia Park. Uh, So immediately an away game for Geelong, who I do believe, though, they selected this time slot, believing this was their best chance to get... Geelong faithful to fill out the MCG and, and not allow additional tickets available to Collingwood. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a little bit better um, travelling up the highway for for cat supporters to get home by around you know eight thirty nine pm instead of that late ten pm finish that would be a Saturday night match or the early you know three pm start where you have to leave um, around midday to to get in there enjoy the festivities before the game. Um, for for Geelong, we know that they've changed their ball movement. They've become a much quicker side and they've got that veteran presence about them on every line to, to you know be a, a truly good finals team as well as a regular season team. They haven't quite put it all together over the last few years. They, they really struggled in qualifying finals uh-huh. over the last decade or so. But um, this feels like a different Geelong side. I don't know if it's just me, Jen, but I feel like this side has been built up for this moment and, and they're pretty they're pretty ready to perform on the big stage now. They've rested players over the course of the regular season um, and they haven't had to fight out too many close ones as well. They've been able to kind of ease through games, especially in the last game of the season against West Coast. We saw that. Um, And then on the other side, Collingwood's the polar opposite in terms of having to fight tooth and nail every single game to get where they are now. And it's, it's probably the craziest winning streak I've seen in professional sports. I think I said that a few weeks ago. Um, before it ended um, against Sydney in round 22. But it is the most startling thing I think I've ever seen in the AFL era, um, this winning streak. And it's, it's probably it's it's probably led to a, to a moment where they're finishing the top four, but they're going to struggle to win this qualifying final against probably the best team um, in the competition right now. Well, I mean, talk about having two form teams go against it. So Geelong, 13-game 13, 13 winning streak. Collingwood, 12 of 13 of their last 13. So you've got two teams high on their their own internal and intrinsic motivations that their game plan, if we get it right, if we do our thing, it can come in a result with a win. So in that sense, it adds an element. The other part of it is I've felt this strange shift that I've never experienced with Collingwood before. I've, I've always felt as an outsider that you either go for Collingwood or you definitely don't go for Collingwood. <laughs> I, I don't know, and you can answer from a Melbourne perspective, but I'm almost sensing this undercurrent because of the way they've won in that streak of theirs that some people are like, well, I don't go for Collingwood, but I might during this final series. And that's blown my mind. Yeah, well, there have been a few murmurings about that in the media as well. Is, is Collingwood everyone's second team or are they going for them in the finals if your side's out of contention? That kind of stuff. I can... Rest assured that uh, the majority of Melbourne still hates Collingwood and, and would like nothing more to see them go out in straight sets. But I think it, you're not a footy fan at this point if you don't have some grudging admiration for the way they've gone about it. With a really young list, they've got some veteran heads, of course, but the second half of the season has been nothing but you know nothing short of astounding. And um, you know this could well be one of the great fairy tales of the modern era um, if if they can pull off a, a grand final win at this point because. 
this team's very young. It's first year of Craig McRae, who's much beloved around the community. And um, you're right, they play a, a certain brand where you can't help but admire them. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a tip for this one? Then you were sort of saying leaning towards Geelong, I think. Yeah, I think it's gonna. It's tough for me to see Collingwood win this, despite the amount of fourth quarter comebacks I've witnessed at the MCG <laughs> over the last few months. But I'll go Geelong by about four goals. About four goals. All right. Now, so the the winner of that game obviously goes straight through. The loser gets that second chance up against the winner of the Fremantle versus Western Bulldogs game. So let's head across to that one. It's at Optus Stadium. Predicted rain across Perth um, this weekend. Makes Frio supporters, including myself, a little bit yep. nervous. Uh, what do you think of this one? The Dockers going up against the Doggies with the big news that uh, Fife is is now out of the game. Yeah, that's huge news coming out of tonight that Nat Fife is going to miss the next three-odd weeks, um, which you know effectively rules him out of the finals, unfortunately, which is a, a huge shame, Jen, because he's been you know, here through a really long haul in between the grand final appearance in 2020 13 it might have been up until now you know he's got two Brownlow medals to show for it he's um he's you know obviously a legend of the game and and Fremantle's possibly their best player um although Matty Pavlish might have something to say about it but it's such a huge blow for them because they needed some x factor in the forward half and they needed an aerial presence and we know that he can provide that I know his goal kicking woes are beaten up about but it was it was really important coming into his final series that he was fit and healthy, which is what they were relying on. And I thought we'd, we'd almost got there and he, he was going to take the field, but unfortunately that hamstring um, injury has ruled him out. So you look at the team now and it might help them in a way that's going to be wet because they really lack some key forward options. Um, but at the same time, as you mentioned, it would make Frio fans nervous because they remember those bad losses to the Suns and the Pies in consecutive weeks. Um, the game plan really doesn't suit the wet weather football kind of stuff with, with the methodical build-up and, and the structure around the football. So it, it's a bit scary going into it as a Fremantle supporter, I can imagine. Um, and then you look at, across the yeah across the ground and, and you've got a fantastic Western Bulldogs side who's got um, Aaron Norton in full flight. You've got a, a midfield that is you know dangerous in every level and um, I think it's it's a pretty scary one going in for the Dockers and a danger game for them if the elimination final can be called one because the Western Bulldogs have nothing to nothing to lose at this point they they made it in because of Carlson's mishaps and um, now it would not surprise anyone to see them go forward and win a few on the trot. Yeah, it's almost that area that that, that their famous most recent fairy tale came from. You know, coming in from eighth and just continuing to to win your way through and win the hearts of other supporters as you go through. The I, I'm usually someone of a bit of recency bias, so I should remind myself a bit more that it was raining when um, Frio uh, managed to beat West Coast, albeit in a bit of a sloppy start to it before they got their footing. But uh, that was raining in that derby in round 22, so. Um, I should remember that most recently in the wet, they did manage to find a way to come through it, of course. Any predictions-wise, who's winning this one? Um, unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to take the dogs in this one. I think it'll be an absolute ripper. Oh, it's been great Saturday talking night, to you, Jasper. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jen. But yeah, I, just, I think the dogs are really classy and they've actually built themselves up quite nicely to, to attack this one full steam ahead. They've had a really dismal year by their standards, um, but... I think clawing their way into this one, um, there'll be a red hot chance. Okay. Any sort of margin guess? 
Dogs by how many? Oh, I'll, I'll take them by one point because I'm not sure at all about it. <laughs> yeah, fair call. Now, if you forecast sort of forward, can you have a think of who might be player of the finals? Oh, it's an interesting one. I, someone that I think will be as important as anyone in the competition, not, not going to be player of the finals, but Sam de Koning is going to play a huge part in Geelong's um, future ambitions and, and championship hopes because he's, he's their only real proper key defender back there. They've got a lot of intercepting types and a lot of guys floating through there who, who can play a job on a, on a key forward, but he's going to take the best player um, in the forward line from the opposition every single week going forward. And um, he's going to be absolutely vital, especially towards the end of the campaign if they do get a couple wins on the trot. Um, I think going into who's going to be the best, uh, I think Shea Bolton could set himself up for a really nice finals campaign if they get the first win against Brisbane. I think they, if they get one on the trot, I think they'll be really hard to stop from there. Um, and Shea Bolton's been the most watchable and an exciting player in the competition in the second half of the year. I think he can continue that in September. Nice one. So player to watch, Sam DeConing, and if they go deep, of course, Shea, Shea Bolton could be the electric player throughout the, the finals. Absolutely. Jasper Chalapar from the Inner Sanctum. It's been great to do a preview with you and to get the excitement levels up. Hope you enjoy the week in Melbourne and uh, we'll chat again next week when we know more about where we sit in the finals. Yeah, can't wait, Jen. Enjoy your night. I will. Jasper Chalapar from the Inner Sanctum joining us. I hope you are starting to get really excited for the finals coming this week, who have you got? Jasper's gone. Brisbane, the D's, Geelong and the Dogs. What about you? Who have you got? Let me know on the text line 0433 98 11 16 or on the shell card fueled by a century of knowledge talkback line. Call through and let me know your predictions and why on 1300 736 736. And don't forget to get in your winner and margin. I've opened it up to both the Thursday and the Friday game. So send through your winner and margin for Thursday. Brisbane taking on Richmond up at the Gabba. And on Friday, Melbourne taking on the Sydney Swans at the MCG. Get in touch here on the Overnight Crowd. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.